Mel Newman here for these Girls Mean Business and today we're joined by Anna Brandt. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Now you already know that I absolutely adore the Tao Pan range of things that you have with your very generous way of teaching people and uh, creating um, wonderful products to be able to use for uh, pregnancy and newborn work. But today we decided that we're going to talk about something completely different, didn't we? Yes, we did. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we get things done and about looking after ourselves a bit because I know like you, you're a mum and you're busy and you've got a couple of different businesses and I'm very similar to that as well. And one of the questions that I get a lot is how on earth do you get so much done? Like you always seem like everything is perfect and, and you're just flying through things and how do you get all this work done? And I know that um, a lot of people don't see my behind the scenes and uh, when you start to explain the things that can go wrong and how you've got to look after yourself, um, people suddenly see you in a different different light. And I know you're very similar in that, aren't you? Yeah. And if you look at any of my videos, you'll probably see a child in there too. Um, I, it's funny, we'll go places and people be like, oh, hi, Olivia, hi, Ava, because they're in half of my videos because they're so involved in my life. Yeah. Um, that's the number one question that I get besides what camera do I use (laughs) is how do you do it all? And I have gotten this question for 15, 16 years. And what's funny is we're saying that this was going to be the topic. My mother, now I'm adopted. So when I say my mother, this is my adoptive mother, but she's my mother, um, raised five children and we were all a year apart. Wow. Two of us adopted three biological. So imagine, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, you know, and all the beautiful ages, you know, above. Um, And she, when I was 12, I think 12, she became an ordained minister. Wow. She has a master's in psychology and a master's in divinity. And when when I think of my life now, I laugh because it's almost exactly to her life. She would always cook a full meal because I have a dad from uh, South America, from Argentina. And if you know anything about South Americans, they require full dinners. <laughs> There's no like heat up mac and cheese. It's yeah. like, you know, salad and a potato and a meat and a dessert. And so my mom, we were raised with a mother who cooked, cleaned, sewed. She uh, does interior design. She would wallpaper. She would just do anything while raising five children. And she was, you know, like Betty Crocker in the day. Mm -hmm. She'd make everything from scratch, you know, back in the day when every pie was made from scratch, every meal, and mend our clothes and, and everything. And I grew up with her, one, being a mother and doing all the domestic things that mothers do, Mm -hmm. and then watching her go and do schooling to become an ordained minister and and someone having two master's degrees and then watching her teach people and reach out to her community and people would stop her in the street and put money in her pocket for the church and know that she would give that money into the church. And we'd be in the middle of the street and someone would put $100 in our pocket. And when we're living on one salary, it was my dad who was an accountant and she wasn't, she was getting paid nothing to yeah. preach, knowing that that money could have easily, you know, been filtered down to these five children. Yeah. Never once, wow. never once. 
And so I remember when my mom would pull up and my dad would say, your mother's home, empty the car with groceries. You know, whenever she pulled up, it was your mother's home, empty the car. And I laugh when I pull up and my husband will say, your mom's home, empty the car, you know? And I, I call her all the time and I'm like, you would not believe what my husband just said, you know, or, you know, she, I love to bake and cook and my kids bake and cook as well. And, you know, we were raised all of all five of us baking and cooking. And so I raised my children then as well. And so um, I think what I learned was from her is that number one, just because you're a working mom, just because you choose to work, it doesn't mean you're less of a mom. Yeah. Just because um, you chose to be professional or pursue a passion, her passion was speaking and teaching, yeah. um, doesn't mean for one second you have to be less than of a mother or a wife. Yeah. And so I think that being raised in that environment, whenever people say, how do you do it all? I laugh because I said to my mom, how do you, how did you do it all? And my sister is a Spanish teacher and is very similar in all the women. Um, I've been raised with very strong women. And I think that to start with, I don't think I knew any different. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. It was very natural. I knew I always wanted to be a mother, especially being adopted. That was a big, big deal to me. I didn't know if I could become one. Yeah. Um, I did not know that I wanted to be a professional photographer until I was 29 years old. And it was a, an epiphany that came to me from a professor at a college course I was taking. Yeah. I had yeah. no intention of being a professional. I was, you know, newly married and I had been an amateur since I was 15 and, you know, loved the early years and became an Anna with a camera and, and loved all of that and knew I was wanted to, once I got married, have a baby, but it, it wasn't, I'm going to become a professional photographer. So when I did register my business and then found out later I was pregnant, I remember my husband saying, well, who's going to watch the baby? And I'm like, well, me. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. So it was never a thought to not like to shove my children in daycare. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've learned over the years, when people say how you do it all, I laugh because, you know, even just today when I was in L.A., I'd gotten a notice from school about something with my son and I'm like trying to cross the street and text my child's teacher and I'm laughing at my assistant going, and this is, people ask me how I do it all. Well, I'm trying not to get run over by a car while I'm texting my son's teacher because right now at this particular moment, this is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, when you have those moments with your children, when you're trying to grow a business, you've got to stop dead track in the middle of the day and you have a hurt child, right? Or you wake up and your child's sick. And you're it, you know, and, you know, so I think that a couple of things that I want to say is number one, it's evolved. When my kids were babies, I was not running Tiopan. So I've been a professional now for 16 years. I've only run Tiopan for eight of the 16 years. So for the first eight, I was learning how to become a mother, learning how to become a professional photographer learning how to manage my time. I didn't get a studio, a retail studio. Well, I didn't get a studio till I was pregnant with my second, four years into the business. And that studio wasn't, it wasn't um, open unless I was there. And it was a year after when I embarked on a retail studio and then became pregnant with my third child. So 2005. So that was six years into being a professional photographer that I got a retail studio. So when people ask me this question, I, what, what I have to remind them is they're looking at me now. Yes. And now yes. you see me running two companies, having three very active children, 
and being married and traveling the world. But we didn't even go on a family vacation besides visiting my family in New York until eight years ago. We had only went to New York to see my family. We didn't go anywhere else. So my kids are all two years apart. So at one point I had zero, two, four, you know, another point I had one, three, and five. And I only did about two to three photo sessions a week. And that was a busy week for me. So when my son was born, I remember my schedule was, you know, wake up, feed him, take care of him, get him down for a morning nap, do one photo session during that nap time. Then my day was done. He was up. It was lunchtime. We would go to the lab because it was during film. Mm -hmm. He'd go to the lab with me. They remember seeing him in an infant carrier. I'd drop off my film. We'd go to the grocery store. We'd come home. It's feeding time, dinner time, bedtime. We're done for the day. That was my entire day. You know, when child two comes, you know, they're still only two years apart. It was another six months before he was in uh, preschool. So I'm dealing with a toddler and an infant. My whole goal of the day was try to get two of them, like, to get them napping at the same time. (laughs) If I was able to do that, I was considered an amazing success. As far as getting uh, patients, getting clients, it was, with each client, it was, it was a huge success for me, like not only getting the client, but getting them to spend $100 mm-hmm. was a successful day. I remember my first $300 sale. I thought I was a rock star yep. because, you know, I had gotten two kids to bed at the same time and made a $300 sale. And this is in film. So the profit of a $300 sale in the film days is, is barely nothing. Mm-hmm. And so... What I always told myself was, um, and I did ask for my mom's advice at one point, and I said to her, you know, how do you deal with the ups and downs of children, you know, when they have a good day versus a bad day? Because when they went to school, that changed my, my world. Because, A, I could have um, an amount of time where no one was tugging at my leg. Now, my youngest is only 10, so it's only been five of the 16 years, I've had all my children in school for an entire day. Yeah. So for 11 years, I was juggling the who am I picking up when. And my whole shoot schedule revolved around my children's preschool, half kindergarten, nap time schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And so I learned, my when I asked my mom, gosh, how do you do, how do, you do it all? And how do you deal with a child coming home crying because they had a failure in school? That was a big thing for me. And didn't That was an eye-opener. Like, oh, that's a whole other ballgame. And she said that the successes and failures of her kids, um, how did she say it? She said she didn't take the responsibility of the successes and failures of her children. Meaning if her children had a bad day or failed the test, she wouldn't beat herself up and say she was the worst mother in the world. Yeah. If she had a fight with her husband, she wouldn't beat herself up and say her marriage is over. You know, Mm -hmm. she looked at it like, yeah, we had a fight. This sucks. Let's move on. Yeah. A kid failed the test. Let's figure out how to study for the next one and move on. And okay, right now, this is tough. We're all in elementary school or whatever. This is hard. Let's figure out how to do it and then go to the next hurdle. You know, one thing at a time. And so... I learned to be patient in my business. I think the biggest challenge is right now when people ask me that, and I'm looking at why they're asking me that, I think they're asking me that because they're impatient in their business, um, that they want to just get there, right? 
they see all that I've done and they want to travel. They want to teach. They want to have a clothing line. They want this. They want that. And I go, hold on. Take a break. Um, one step at a time. I just got a text from a, a photographer last week. We just had a new baby. And she said, um, I need your advice. Take your time responding. Is it okay to take a break? Because I think I need a break right now. And I was in the middle of something and I wrote her back and I said, yes, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. And I still actually, as I'm saying this, I owe her a phone call. But I want to tell her, you you just had a baby. Photography's not going anywhere. Take a break. Take a year off. Nurse baby. Do whatever you want to do. And when you're ready, you'll come back tenfold. But what happens where we burn out? is we don't listen to our body and realize your body's saying you need a break. And, you know, I was sharing with you that I'm 45 now. And when I turned, as you are, when I turned 40, my whole DNA changed. And I actually had a health situation that literally changed my DNA five years ago where I became um, uh, iron deficient and an, an unexplained autoimmune disorder that has literally fell out of the sky. I was a perfectly healthy human being, able to stay up till five in the morning whenever I felt like it, be able to do whatever I wanted, eat whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. Until I landed in the hospital and the doctor said, I have a 50% blood loss and a 75% iron loss. And I'm seven days away from having a heart attack and dying. Wow. Yeah. That's a wake up call. Yeah. And I was just turning 40. Wow. And I'm like, hold on. Wait, what? A, I wasn't bleeding anywhere out of my body. Mm -hmm. So where did it vanish? And B, I remember laying in that bed saying to the universe, I'm not done. I know I'm not done. But what is what is my body? My body literally came to a screeching halt mm -hmm. and landed me in a hospital with tubes. I could not physically leave that hospital if I wanted to. Wow. They said that they would not release me until I had an iron infusion and blood in uh, blood transfusion to pass the legal limits of letting someone leave the hospital wow. of the blood levels, right? That's crazy stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> and up until then, I was, I had finally felt like I was managing my life. My kids are in school. Remember, this is five years ago. Everyone's in school. I got this. I'm teaching. I have a clothing line. I totally felt like, and, and you know, we've talked about this before, where you're, you're going along, you're going along, everything's great. Yep. And then it's like someone puts a rock, rock in front of you and you trip over it. And yeah. now what? Are you going to get up? Yep. Are you bruised? Yeah. What now? Well, there was my rock landed me flat on my butt. And so I remember thinking, okay, it's fine. You know what? They're going to infuse me. I'm going to walk out of here and get back to my business. But I turned 40. And my body said, no, 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 no. You need sleep. Mm -hmm. And you need like seven, eight hours a night. Yep. Not four, not six. Six, six. six is low for me. And, I, and there are many times that I burn the midnight oil and, and I get six hours. Mm -hmm. But there's no more three hours, get a cup of coffee and go on their way. I can't even drink coffee anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm on a restricted diet. I'm told there may not be a cure for this unknown disease that I have. And went through two intense years of um, doctor's diagnosis, of which to this day, I do not have a diagnosis. Wow. 
and it's considered malabsorption, which means I don't absorb iron. Yep. And I live getting iron infusions three months at a time, several times a year. Yep. And that is how I stay alive. Wow. So when, when people tell me, Anna, how do you do it all? And I remind people of several things. Number one, it's been a journey and it continues to be a journey. My kids are in completely different stages now than when they were babies. When they were babies, if someone said, Anna, you're going to go to Brazil this month and next month Australia and you're going to come out with a new gown every month. And if they actually wrote down all the things that I do now and handed me a sheet of paper, I would have said I can't do it. Just like if someone were to hand you a piece of paper and tell you how much having a child costs and asking you if you want to do it, (laughs) 99% of the world would say, I can't afford having a baby. Absolutely. (laughs) Right? Yes. Thank God no one did that to me or I'd never have children. No one, um, my, everyone's walking in, so I'm telling everyone to be quiet. (laughs) My children, as we speak, all three children walked in. And I'm, I'm putting the hush sign over because they don't know we're recording. So here, here's a perfect live example. I have a son going to guitar and two daughters going to dance. Yeah. So if, if you hear voices, that's what you're going to hear. But um, what if someone had told me that, um, even if somebody had said, oh, you're going to have three kids two years apart and this is what it's going to require, mm-hmm. I probably would have said, I'll pass. I'm not ready. I think I would have done exactly the same thing. Right? Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's everybody's journey. And so when people ask me that, I say a few things. Like I said, number one, it's a journey. Everything I'm doing now, I didn't start out the gate. It's like a runner. You don't start out running as fast as you can or you'll fail. And a lot of new photographers run out the gate so fast that they burn out quicker than the ones that went a slow and steady race. Right? Definitely. They're just, they they can't do it. You, how many times do you see a photographer pack up? Oh, it, it happens all the time. And that's the really sad thing. You look at the statistics and it's only about 5% of photographers that last past five years. So, yeah. Right. Right. Because there's only one winner in that particular race because they came out of the gate way, 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 way too fast. I didn't come out of the gate fast. I came out saying, I want to be a professional photographer and if I could get paid, that would be awesome. That was it. There's no clothing line. There's no traveling. There's no workshops. Then when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can get pregnant. Because who knows if you can get pregnant the first time, sure. right? Yep. You don't even know if you can get pregnant the second and third time. And then I was like, okay, this is awesome. Now I've got to learn how to become a mother. That's before my photography. Yes. And I think that, that even when you add the second and third child, you know, or people get divorced and remarried and you were talking about, you know, you add children, mm-hmm. you each time a new person enters your life, whether it's an employee or a partner or a dog, you know, even dogs, mm-hmm. you've got to shift your life. Absolutely. Dog has to be fed. They have to go out for a walk. When does that happen? When do I do a photo shoot? You know what I mean? And so I, I think if people take a break and slow down and realize, wait a minute, Anna does sleep. I do eat because if I don't, I physically can't get out of bed yep. and I cannot do a photo shoot. Yep. My body at 45 has told me if I don't eat certain foods and I don't sleep well and I don't drink this and I don't take iron supplements, I physically will be unable to do the job that I begged myself to do, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, if I'm not there for my children, my children are old enough now, they tell me. I need Mine you, Mom. Too. Yep. Right? Yeah, absolutely. They, they get you. to a point where they go, Mom, enough's enough. I need you right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And they'll tell you that at, at age one, but sometimes we're not listening. Yeah. Right? 
and your partner tells you that. And your clients will tell you when you're doing too much, when you keep falling behind on your deliveries, and you're so far behind because you chose to edit every single image. That's a whole other podcast. Yep. <laughs> and you right? And your clients are disappointed because you overpromised and you're under delivering. And then you realize, wait, I've got to reassess. So over the years, I have reassessed things. I've let things go. I've hired people. I've adjusted my hours. I've done things to allow me to do all the things that I do now. And one of the biggest things I did quite a few years ago was take a day off, Mm -hmm. an actual day with no children. So out of seven days a week, I technically, most weeks, only have a four-day work week. Sunday, the studio is always closed. Mm -hmm. Saturday, I do not work every Saturday. I actually only work about two out of four Saturdays. And even then, it's not a full day. And my Saturdays book up months in advance because I don't have a lot of Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Monday is my day. I call it a mommy day. Sometimes it's been a medical day. You know, it's been a marriage day where I need to have a date with my husband. I mean, for some reason, all the words seem to start with M and it works out quite well. And, of course, every holiday my kids have from school just happens to appear on a Monday, right? And so Monday, the studio's closed. I'm not physically in the studio ever on a Monday. And I'm able to have a personal day if I need it or be there for my kids. You know, school started, and they've been off every single Monday since it started. Mm -hmm. You know, or work on marketing materials. It's been a marketing Monday. You know, there's all kinds of things that I've been able to do on a Monday. Tuesday through Friday, I work my tail off. I make the most use of those days. The minute my kids are at school, I am working every second of that day. I am multitasking. I am delegating. I am 100% in. When I go to bed at night, I'm in bed. I'm asleep. I'm not on my phone at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm asleep. And then on Saturday, half the time I'm with my kids and half the time I'm, you know, working. And so... Um, I think that, you know, a lot of successful entrepreneurs talk about the four day work week. It's vital to your business to take a a day or a time or people say, I can't afford a day. You can believe it or not. You can, because I am so much more productive in those four days than when I was working five days. Absolutely. Yep. And also staggering your work day. My last child is dropped off at school at 8 in the morning. My studio doesn't open till 10. If you take those two hours and multiply it times four, that's eight hours of uninterrupted time that I have to myself. Yes. And that's, think of, that's an entire day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, two hours each day. So those two hours in the morning, I'm more productive in those two hours of that day because I'm uninterrupted. When my client walks in the door at 10, I'm ready for them. I've answered emails. I've, you know, handled all kinds of things that when they walk in at 10, I pick up my camera and I start shooting and often don't put it down till five o'clock at the end of the day. And so I think when photographers say how I do it all, I know they're asking because they're looking for balance in their own life and they're looking for a hidden secret. I have no hidden secrets except some advice. And my advice is, number one, know that it's not a race. Photography or any business you're in isn't going anywhere. That's a big one. It's still going to be here, right? Number two, adjust your schedule. Adjust your schedule as your children or partner or dog or animals or whatever. As the people that need you in your life, um, 
uh, for the phases that they're in, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in a breastfeeding phase, I couldn't just throw my baby down on a bed (laughs) and go do a photo shoot, right? You know, much like if you're training a new dog, you can't just leave the dog in a house for eight hours. I mean, we recently lost a dog when we were in Italy. One of our dogs was attacked by a coyotes. Very tragic. And what we didn't realize was our other dog was so lonely, so sad and depressed. So two weeks ago, I had like four location shoots and my husband was just really busy. And I was like, we're going to take our dog on location with us because we didn't want to leave him home alone because he's so sad. And so we brought him on location shoots and my clients were so happy. (laughs) And I was kind of nervous, like, oh, my gosh, I hope you don't mind. And I brought my daughters. So now I'm bringing my daughters and my dog. <laughs> I said to my daughters, you know, go take a walk with the dog. And I can't be disrupted. My clients were so happy. Mm-hmm. Their children responded to the dog. They, they were, oh, Olivia and Ava are here. We love your daughters. And, and the, my daughters would cheer up their daughters. Yeah. And so my other advice is let your clients know you're human. Yeah. My clients know I'm a mom, first and foremost, and they tell me all the time when they look at Evan, who's 14 and six foot one, he gets sick of hearing it, but they'll say, oh my gosh, I remember when you were like this tall, right? And they'll they'll tell Olivia, right, who's who's my first studio. She's 12 and 5'5". And they say, Olivia, I remember you sleeping in your mom's car seat (laughs) during a photo session. She'd be sleeping, you know, in the next room. And so I think I remember my mom, you know, with our kids in tow, with us in tow, and she'd go to see somebody in the church. She'd go to be seeing the deacon, which was a really big deal. And, you know, she would give us that lecture, sit on the pew, don't say a word, have to meet with the deacon, you know. And we would just sit there, you know, like five ducks in a row. And she had to let him know, I'm a mom. These are my children. They're going to sit and behave. Otherwise, they're in trouble. And it's kind of the same thing. There's been many times where I've had to cancel sessions because my kids are sick. Mm-hmm. So letting your business know that you're a mom and you're a human being, but also um, doing that in a professional manner. You you don't no-show for a session or you don't call your client last minute. You know, you're respectful. If I think there's something going on, my clients know in advance. You know, and, and knowing as your business evolves, you will evolve. My schedule has changed 5,000 times since 1999. And it will probably change again. Yes, it probably will. It seems to be an ongoing thing, isn't it? It's like as particularly with being mums, we do go through all those different stages with our families and it really does become what do the kids need at this point in time or what does the family need at this point in time and fit everything else around that. Yeah, you know, last year a goal of mine professionally was to enter more image competitions and I totally failed at that because I didn't have time for it. Um, on three, I went, I did go to one print comp for PPOC and I, I did get merited and awarded and I was so thrilled, but I didn't put the rest of the dates in my calendar and each one of those dates either fell on a night where I was with the kids and my husband was away or I was traveling. And I, I said to myself, I want to make this a goal for 2016 to compete more. How can I do that? And I said to the president of PPOC when he was reminding me of a print comp and I was traveling again, I was in Florida speaking, and I said, darn, here's my my rule for myself for 2016. I'm going to get out my planner and I'm going to write down all the print comp dates for my local chapter, for WPPI, for all of them. Because I'm so close to getting my craftsman's degree. It's ridiculous. I can't get there. I'm just a few points away. 
And that's a goal I want to do. But I've got to, in order for me to do that, I can't wing it. And I literally have my planner. And I just saw the second half WPPI competition date come up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to make it. And I'm writing in my planner all the dates of my chapter meetings and all the print con dates. So in 2016, I can make that a professional goal. And what I did with my kids was I wrote down all their field trips, homecoming, all their back-to-school nights. Tonight we have back-to-school night. And all those things so that I'm not traveling during a back-to-school night. I'm here when my son has homecoming. Last year he had a dance. I wasn't here. Asking my husband to take photos. And I was devastated. My son told me the other day, Mom, I have homecoming. When is it? September. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. You know, and so you've got to have make a conscious effort that, okay, I've got to write these things down so you're not the mom that goes, shoot, I'm I'm out of town. Yeah. I don't want to be that mom, right? And so writing everything down, having a schedule, having planners, and it requires almost daily thinking about what you have to do and how you're going to do it. And then my last advice is delegate. Yes. And I quote Reverend T.D. Jake's, a hundred times a month. And he says, if you're doing the job that somebody else can do, you're not living to your life's full, you're not living to your life's purpose. Meaning me filing my client papers, taking three days to do that is not my life's purpose. I can get someone who needs a job or an intern who needs a, a credits to do that so that I'm spending my time to my life's purpose. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we want to do it all because we're creatives yep. and we can, and we want to prove that we can do it all. Yes. And you have to tell yourself, you know what? I know you can do it all. Like you almost have to have a conversation with yourself in the mirror yep. and look at yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I know you can do it all. I know you're superwoman. I know you're amazing, but guess what? You don't have to. You can find people that will support your efforts, support your cause, support your mission and you can get help, and it's okay. It's okay. That's how I'll, I'll, I'll leave my advice. <laughs> Excellent. Well, all that is absolutely amazing advice, and I totally concur with everything you've said because um, our situations are very similar. I've got three children around about the same age, and it is. When you first start out you, or you first start getting back into business, you, it is your own journey. You have to make the decisions um, that's going to suit you at that particular time. Um, I was having a conversation with my husband the other night about some changes whether we're going to make to our house. And I said, well, the kids are actually in 10 years time, they're going to be at university and not very far off of that. They'll be going off on their own. So we kind of need to appreciate our children while they're still around. Exactly. This is why I travel with my children. Mm, I can completely understand why. And I tell my son I told them this the other day that, you know, my husband always says, like, we're the, I'll leave you the story, the, the Italy trip. Originally, we were invited to a friend of mine's wedding yep. in Italy. So my husband being the guy is like, oh, yes, we'll do a mini romantic trip to Italy. Well, we've got three kids. So <laughs> who are we leaving these three children with, right, as we go across yep. the world? So then it was like, well, I really want to bring my children, but that's an expensive trip. Definitely. Maybe I could teach a workshop in Italy and it would pay for my children going. And my husband said, my, my daughter needs to tell me something. We're going to be done in one second. My husband said, um, but you could, all that money from the workshop is going to go towards flying the children to Italy. 
And I said, but what if we can never do this again? They're young. They're in our home. I'd rather them do our trips with us now because they're going to be gone at the university. And they're going to not really care what we're doing. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, we shall leave it there. Thank you so much for your time again, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I hope it helps somebody out there. Oh, look, you're always very generous with your information and time. So I really do appreciate it. So thank you very much. Okay. Thank you.